I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guest is Amy Woodall, the CEO of the Houston-based Black Sheep Agency. Black Sheep is a creative and brand strategy firm that activates communities around things that matter. They serve nonprofits, civic organizations, and for-profit companies who prioritize social responsibility. Fiercely dedicated to driving change, Black Sheep strives to organize an army of co-conspirators who share a common vision and unite under one mission, to build a future we can believe in. Her clients include the Obama administration, the CW Network, globalwaters.org, downtown Houston, and other grassroots causes across the nation. Welcome, Amy. I am so glad that you are here. All right. Hi, Amy. It's so good to see you. I guess you're in New Mexico as we speak. I am. It's good to see your face, too. Uh, Yeah, my husband and I loaded the kids in the car and took a 15-hour road trip to get here because we were climbing the walls at home and just needed some fresh air and cooler weather and maybe some mountains. Yeah, I'm sure New Mexico is a breath of fresh air in many ways. So I am so excited to talk to you and share with the audience how we met and we'll get into all of that. But as you know, this podcast is about relationships and honoring relationships with everybody in your life, from people that you work with, your colleagues to clients to family and friends, and of course, with yourself. And I would love to start by hearing you talk about how relationships have helped you in in your life, in your career, helped you to achieve success. And you're the CEO of a company right now. So what role did relationships play? Oh my goodness. I mean, they're, they're everything. I don't know how that's not the answer for everyone, but for me, especially in business, and I think as a part of like my soul and who I am, I'm just a connector, connecting with people and, and learning from them and listening to them and sharing real life and vulnerability is what feeds my, feeds my soul and keeps me going. And you'll learn uh, as we get to know each other better. I'm just such an open book. I don't really know how to be any other way. In fact, sometimes it can get me in trouble because I just say what I'm thinking. I say what's, you know, in my heart, in my mind. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's not good. But I just, what you see is what you get. And I think that affects my relationship and it, and it surrounds me with really great people because, you know, people who are like that, like other people like that. So there's just a lot of honesty and realness in, in those relationships. They're building blocks to everything else. The people you surround yourself with are, are in part what your life becomes. So it's such a huge part of who I am. And I think why you and I enjoy talking so much. And not everybody is like that. I mean, a lot of bring your human to work is about talking to people about why being real and speaking in a human voice is good for people and great for business. You know, the subtitle of the book. So not everybody is like that intuitively or even gets it. But how can you talk about how the fact that you are like that and are open and are willing to be vulnerable helped get you and Black Sheep through this pandemic? Because a lot of companies have not fared as well. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think Black Sheep was built on this premise because I, I was in the agency world prior to starting my own agency and and it wasn't always what you see is what you get. There was a lot of politicking. There, was, there were a lot of games that came with that and kind of playing into that. And so from the beginning, I wanted to build a culture where that wasn't the bedrock honesty and and finding you know great people and great work and a good feeling at the end of the day even if you're exhausted was was what I was putting into the company every day so you know that's who we became that was something that you know I recruited other people who thought like that who were seeking that in their work. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, we've been in business 11 years. And I think the strength in that, that bond that we had with each other and with our clients, that just real trust helped us transition together as a team, helped us transition with our clients. Like we didn't really skip a beat. And, and so that allowed us the space to think about what other people needed at the time. And so right at the beginning of the pandemic, we jumped into some additional activities that allowed us to create community and coach other people around how to make the transition and how to get through this too, you know, because in, in business communication and how you manage your brand in times of crisis it is so important. And so we started a series of web chats and things like that. Are you saying that you took the lessons and what you were doing internally at Black Sheep to keep things going and then began talking to clients in their companies about how they should communicate and helping them get through it as well? Exactly, exactly. You know, a lot of people fell into crisis whenever the pandemic hit because they weren't set up for things like remote work or they weren't using the right technology to have that kind of fluid communication that you need when when you're all working from home and we were already in that groove so our groove continued and we were able to take the things that that we were already doing and translate those things into some community conversations that would help other people, but also because of that comfort level with vulnerability and that kind of real raw nature of communication and who we are, we also were very comfortable saying, nobody has all the answers right now, but let's talk it out together and build some community around how we're all figuring it out. And I think a lot of people struggled with that in the beginning because you know, there's, there's a nervousness about not having a certain level of polish or confidence, or we have it all together when you're exposed as a brand. And, and we didn't, we didn't let that get to us. We didn't let that get in our way. We just jumped right into, Hey, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out together. I mean, as a strategist, I'm somebody who looks ahead all the time. And right now we can only look so far into the future because there are so many variables that can change everything. You've got not only a pandemic, but you've got an election. You've got 
oil and gas and the state of that and how that's affecting other industries. I mean, there's, there are just like a lot of really big variables right now, all at the same time, you know, colliding against mm-hmm. each other and creating so much uncertainty for planning far out. So how do we become really good short-term planners and stay nimble and responsive to those things is more important than ever. And my guess is that your clients, given your history of honoring relationships with those clients, even if they felt uncomfortable being exposed, it sounded like based on the trust you had built over time, you know, you sort of had that, you know, it was all in the bucket already. You were a couple steps ahead of the game, getting them on board and kind of just following your lead, which I'm sure was extremely helpful to them. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely were in the business of planning long-term for clients. So, you know, all those plans had to be burned, right? <laughs> burned essentially. And we had to start over. And so while we're coping with all of this ourselves from a personal standpoint, from a, a team standpoint, as an agency, we also had to be the strength and stability and the kind of the rock for these clients to say, we understand that you're panicking, that you're experiencing all of these changes Inside, we're doing that too, but don't worry, we're going to handle this together and we're going to be partners in this and we're going to figure it out as we go. And we're just going to shift our thinking mm-hmm. quite a bit to stay responsive to the unknowns that, you know, day by day are becoming knowns, I guess. So I was reading up on some articles that, that you have been mentioned in over the last couple of months. And I'd love for you to share, you, you talked about how we can't think about engaging customers in a traditional way anymore. And we have to think about it in what you call quick, quick phases. Mm-hmm. So you wrote phase one, are my employees okay and taken care of? Phase two, how can we be inventive about revenue streams? And phase three, you know, what's the most valid, I loved this, what's the most valuable win that will get us through the next four to six months? What's our backup plan? So can you talk a little bit about the thinking behind that? Sure. I mean, you know, this is why I love the way that you think about bringing your human to work. I mean, we have never experienced anything like this. And now not only are we going through something, which usually we go through with a real togetherness, like for example, if a natural disaster occurs or a, you know, a parent passes away or, you know, whatever the crisis may be, there's still that ability to go and hug someone or to spend time with them, to drink a bottle of wine with them, whatever it is. And right now we're so incredibly isolated. We don't have that ability to kind of connect and make each other feel better in the same way. We're doing it through a screen. So I think the most important thing and this is why I call this step one in that article that you mentioned, is is making sure that everybody's okay, making sure that everyone is taken care of. And for every person, that's different. That's not just a blanket approach. Yep, 100%. We can't just say, okay, well, we're going to give you this flexibility or we're going to take care of you in this way because that may not, that may be perfect for somebody and what somebody needs, but not what someone else needs. So 
personally at our agency, we're doing lots of regular check-ins with one-on-one -on -one individuals to find out how they're doing, how their families are doing, what they're doing to keep a positive attitude and, and to take care of their mental health and, and, you know, really to get through this. And then we respond to those things. So we talk a lot with clients about that. Like, how are you making sure that everybody is at their best, which is a different at their best than normal? Um, how are you keeping tabs on that so that everyone, so that the strength of the team is there before you start to think about the, the quick bite strategies and things like that? It's just so important to take care of your people right now. So on that topic, one of the ways that you and I have talked about you've taken care of your people is, is maintaining some of the rituals that mm -hmm. you've had before COVID and, and even creating new rituals. And as you know, the, the topic of my new book is, is about rituals. And I'm so excited that you're going to be a part of the book. I do want to share with the audience the note and talk about how we met that I came home one day and I had a package and I opened up the package and there was a trophy in it. The trophy had a sheep and it said, fuck yeah. And of course, my three teenagers were like, this is awesome. <laughs> what did you get? And I have it up on my desk right now. And there was a little card and I'm going to read it. It said, Dear Erica, I recently read Bring Your Human to Work and was so inspired. You're, you articulated so many things our agency practices, and I loved reading it. We're celebrating our 10th year in business with a series of fuck yeah trophies sent to people we admire. It's a tradition. We practice internally, and now we're sharing the admiration. Thank you for all you do. And the letter was signed, Jess and the Black Sheep Team. So, of course, I was completely blown away, and Jess luckily had her email there. I sent her an email, said, we must chat about this, and I want to hear more about this ritual, and that's how I met you, and that's how we, we got here today. So I would love for you to share your, you know, your overall thoughts on rituals and this trophy ritual, and, and I want to get into the, the Champagne Friday ritual. So take it in whatever direction you want, but, um, you know, and then the impact that these rituals have on, on your culture and the way that you're able to take care of people through these rituals. Absolutely. So because we work in the impact space, we are very emotionally immersed in our work. Agency work, creative work, that process is hard already, but we're working with people who are trying to change the world and solve incredibly difficult social challenges. And that can really take a toll on people. You know, it's not only hard, but you feel a deep sense of responsibility around the work. And it can keep you up at night until you know you have the right solution that's really going to accelerate the impact that the client is making. And one of the things that I love about my team is that it's a group of people who are going to figure it out and they want every solution to be better than the last and they want every day to be better than the last. And as soon as we jump out of a project, we jump into a debrief and talk about how it could have been better. And, and sometimes that is also exhausting, just this, this like responsibility that you can't shake where 
okay, it just, it, it has, we got to do better next time. And so a long time ago, 10 years ago, we, we really recognized that and put an emphasis on our culture that is rooted in appreciation and gratitude and celebration of mile markers. Because the, on, the other thing is that when you're doing this kind of work, sometimes the the trajectory is so long. You're really playing the long game, trying to change stigmas about things or the way people think about things or the way people act in relation to something. And that's, that's a long haul. And so how do you break that up into achievements that make you feel energized to go the distance? Mm-hmm. I guess it's like, I'm not a, a marathon runner, but like when you're running a marathon, like the, like the people who are handing you water and cheering you on, like you've got to have that to keep going sometimes when you're trying to go really far. And so we built that in from the beginning and that's what those trophies are about. We had a trophy that we passed around the office where you loudly proclaim fuck yeah to someone because they've done something that you really appreciate that's helping you go the distance. And it just gets passed from person to person in our office when those moments happen. But we've got almost all of our rituals and cultural traditions are based in that fact, like recognizing those, those micro moments on the long journey And so just for that trophy, just to close the loop on that, since we've been in the pandemic, you know, you can't really pass a trophy around the office. So we've, we've started a virtual Slack channel for passing the trophy, which is definitely not the same. Like so many other things in the pandemic are not the same, but you do the best you can uh, to keep the spirits up and to keep, you know, to not drop the rituals that you've worked so hard to achieve. But that's what Champagne Fridays are about. Also, you mentioned that every Friday in the office, we would stop around 4.30 or 5, gather in our office kitchen, pour a drink, and really talk about the tiny victories of that week, the things that add up to going the distance. And so, of course, we don't have that. So we've also translated that to an online virtual moment just doing what we can where we can because that's that's just it's so important to us we have a neon sign in the office that says tiny victories and a book that we try to keep keep up with them in because it's you know when you get caught up in the work it's hard to recognize those accomplishments because you're always thinking about the finish line and and what that looks like but what really struck me when we talked right after quarantine and you'd had your first virtual champagne friday was that the victory you were celebrating was making it through that that first week. And right. what I love about this, and, and I talk about this a lot in the book, is that when you look at the science behind rituals, they give us as humans a sense of psychological safety and belonging and that connection to a greater purpose. And so while I agree, you know, a Slack channel is not the same as like passing a physical trophy and an online drink of champagne is not the same as being in person. I will say from what I've seen and heard and read and studied through the research for this book is that what you are doing is making a huge impact on your people and maintaining that culture, which in turn then keeps people motivated to do the great work that you do for, for your clients. 
I think that's so true. And I think what you said about, about celebrating that week, making it through that week, that was, that was a big victory. And what we're all having to do right now, my team, your team, everybody's team, is recalibrate what a victory looks like and to rethink what, what a daily success is, what the project success is. I mean, not only did we change our, our clients' plans, but we also had to, in many cases, repoint the ship, you know, to something that makes more sense mm-hmm. now. I mean, the world, the world has dramatically changed. So how do we change with it? And I think that's something not to be overlooked is how do we, how do we shift the barometer for what we should feel good about? It's a really different point that we're trying to hit at this moment. Right. How do we shift the barometer for what we should feel good about? Yeah, I love that question. I'm going to continue to think about that question. But as you said, when we started, it's also different for everybody. And these days right now can feel long and hard and we need this levity and some, you know, just like what we should feel good about that first week in COVID was literally making it through the week. And I think part of what you're doing as a leader, when you talked about the one-on-ones is staying staying connected is to understand what's going on with each of your people and your clients to help them look at that barometer, you know, on an ongoing basis. Cause I could be having a really crappy day and my barometer is making it through the day and somebody else could be, you know, on a different, you know, in a different state and bringing in three new clients that day. So it just shifts every minute. Well, here's something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is the the disconnect that's there, especially when we're, so we've, we've brought on three or four new team members since COVID started, mm-hmm. which I'm very grateful for the growth that we're experiencing because I know that's not, a lot of people are dealing with, with that, yeah. but just the, I'm so conscious of what we had that we didn't really even maybe appreciate in the way that new people came onto a team or even existing team members, like the things that you pick up on with body language, the things that you overhear in a room as you're walking through. We have, we have an open office, which has been debated quite a bit during the pandemic, since so many people have now the quiet of their homes to work in. But I'll tell you, in our open office, I heard a lot of things. I saw a lot of things that even if I only was in the office for a minute and a half, there were cues. Because of those cues, I would check in with people or I would have certain conversations or bring certain things up. And now, unless we're on the Zoom, we don't know what's happening. We don't know if someone's hanging up the phone and going through something or if you know, like you're getting shoulder up body language. You don't know what's happening in the rest of my world. You only know this little square. So we're at a disadvantage, especially for new people learning and connecting and bonding and just being in sync with our team. And so we have, we're, we're handicapped in that way. We're Mm -hmm. like, you know, trying to operate with such limited information that we have to make up for that in some way. And there's no perfect way to do it. But those one-on-one check-ins for me, first of all, my employees are really grateful for those check-ins. 
I mean, the, the gratitude that's coming back for those is incredible. And so I, I, you know, I don't know if employers fully know how much people need that right now, but then the things, the data that I'm getting back, the emotional data that I'm getting back, that's helping me fill in the gaps of what, you know, what I would have had if we were in the office. It's not exactly the same, but it's, it's something I'm doing to make up for that. And I'm every day thinking about how can I make up for that in other ways? Because you just, you're getting little bits of people's lives instead of that, you know, that energy that you can feel in the office, whether it's good or bad, or everyone's stressed out. I mean, it's hard to pick up on those things on the screen. So can you share with the audience, I mean, this question comes up a lot about onboarding new people during this pandemic and being remote. Are there some things that you did that you feel have have worked that we can all learn from to help people get connected to the culture? Or are there any onboarding rituals or anything that you think stands out? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we would have had if we would have been in the office is, you know, we would have probably all taken that person to lunch. We would have, you know, people would have stopped by their desk to talk and say hi and things like that. So we have really worked with the team to make sure that that's top of mind for everybody. Thinking about what you would have done in the office and somehow translating that to digital. So we, and we've like scheduled little bite-sized welcome conversations with each member of the team so that people can get to know each other and things like that, which seems small, but I think it really makes the difference. And then with one of our team members, so one of our rituals in, you know, in kind of a regular scenario is that we have these retreats twice a year. And so how does that translate? Right, right. The virtual world, unfortunately, it's a really sad translation. Wasn't it called Magic Camp? Yeah, Magic Camp. So we have Magic Camp at the end of every year. So it'll be interesting to see what Magic Camp looks like this year. And then we have a summer retreat. And we just had our summer retreat uh, recently. And we did, because, because what we do typically doesn't translate into a virtual world. We just reimagined the entire thing. And we did a team, kind of like a hackathon, where we worked on three projects that were important to the agency. One was a, a values book about our values. And we actually started producing these zines at the beginning of the pandemic that kind of deal with different things that people are thinking about as they go through this. And so we worked on a zine during it. Anyway, we divided into these tiny creative teams and that was really bonding because two people were just starting that week. And so they got to work in these, uh, you know, kind of step back from the day-to-day work and work in these creative teams with other team members to get to know them and to produce something, which I think made people feel a real sense of accomplishment and help them to get to know each other and work together in a really inspired way. So that, that was nice. It was kind of an accident. So now we've got two new team members and we're trying to figure out how to recreate that. But then in advance of the retreat, we usually have retreat kind of like goodie bags that everybody goes home with. And so I put together these comfort baskets that were 
just sort of all the guilty pleasure and self-care things that I could think of and fit into one basket. And we had team members come by my house and just have a kind of a socially distanced happy hour and uh, to pick up those comfort baskets. And that was nice because some of the new people got to spend time in person with everybody. So um, thinking about ways to do that. I mean, we had everybody bring their own cup. We got everybody their own bottle of wine. So everything was like really distanced and safe. But then once we all got settled six feet apart or 10 feet apart or whatever it it was, we, we sat in my backyard and it was glorious. You know, it was, it was just such a welcome bit of human connection. Well, when you said that it was glorious, I'm just linking that back to what you said before about how things change and how we define, you know, what to celebrate with that barometer. I mean, when would pre COVID, would we think that that was using the word glorious to all be together in a backyard, six feet away. And so, you know, one of the things, I mean, it just blows me away, even like hearing you say it and seeing, you know, your face saying that it was glorious. And those things were when, when we couldn't do it for so long. You know, one of the things I often say is, cheesy as it sounds, left to our own devices, right? Excusing the pun, we're not connecting. And so to me, it's not rocket science, but you're just so intentional about what you do and how you do it. And it's, you know, clear you have a strong culture, but, but it's also clear that now, you know, you're, I'm not surprised that you're telling me when other businesses, other agencies are shrinking, you guys, you guys are growing. So blown away. I, I love all that. So I want to ask one more question before we get into some of these fun rapid fire questions. And the question is, it's really about you. And it's what do you do in your life that makes Mm. you feel most like you? Right now, right now, I honestly, I wasn't feeling like me. That's why we're in New Mexico right now. That's why I needed a road trip. I am a person who is fueled and I figured this out more in the pandemic than I ever really realized it before but I'm fueled by being on the go. The scenery changing around me, the humans changing around me, the activities changing around me. I need that variety and that movement in my life. Being in my house at first for these past, you know, five months or so was a really nice, refreshing pause It allowed me to think about a lot of things I hadn't been able to think about because I am so on the go all the time. It allowed me to really be with my family and it allowed me to sit still, which I think I I do need in my life, but I'm not as fueled by that. So I I think I sabotaged that for myself a little bit, but being on the go. And so I realized that sitting in my house was eating, eating me up and making me feel like I was having some sort of like out of body experience or I just wasn't myself. And so we jumped in the car and, and did this road trip to New Mexico and we're, we're here for six weeks, which I feel really fortunate about, but being in this new environment, just having a change of scenery, a change of weather, different natural surroundings has been so re-energizing. I 
I'm a hiker. I hiked the Appalachian Trail from end to end in 2006, which is uh, 2,200 miles through 14 states. Oh my God. This is one of my like greatest life achievements because I did it alone and- You're like sh- another Cheryl Strayed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sort of. I love that book. It's just so funny. So, you know, being here in New Mexico, I've done a lot of hiking and I have realized that I am my, like something about me is missing if I'm away from the mountains. Right. When I get to the yeah, mountains, I, think it, I just feel like a complete human. <laughs> I don't know. It's a beautiful thing to have that nature feeding you. And so I've been thinking a lot about that in the pandemic about, you know, there's this whole nature versus nurture debate, which is about something else entirely. But I was like, nature and nurture is my pandemic manifesto. You know, it's like, I need to be connected to the earth and the bigger, you know, setting and realize how small other things are. Right. And then I need to take care of myself. And part of that includes nature and part of that includes exercise and, you know, other, other little rituals that, uh, that make me feel refreshed. Right. Well, it sounds like you feel nurtured when you are in nature and really honoring that relationship with yourself. And you figured out what you needed and you got in the car and you got it. And the question will be, when you go back to Houston, how can you make sure that you build in time for that, for that piece? And maybe this is one of those silver linings, giving you time to pause and giving you time to reflect on what it is you need, you know, for you, for then your family, for your company, for your clients, it all fits together. So I love it. I said, I do think we were separated at birth because I am the happiest human in the mountains where I got to be this summer. Now I'm back in New York city and I'm plotting when I can get back out there. It's just something special. Well, maybe that will be what comes out of all of this. That is good for society is that we were overscheduled and overbooked and, and there was this thing called flex time before, but like, what did that really mean? And now I think about it when in between two meetings, I go do yoga, like a 30 minute yoga session in between like two things that are really stressful, or I stop and I have lunch with my kids, or I think about all these one-on-one conversations that I'm having with my team and what they're doing right now that's giving them life. And, and like, there's an opportunity here to like, really redefine what flex time means and how we work. And we probably will still have to continue to schedule ourselves, but what if we scheduled ourselves with some of those things interwoven that make our work better and make us feel better as people? I just, I'm excited about that. If I'm excited about anything in the middle of this mess. It's, yes, I, I it's agree. That. So thank you for that. So just a couple last few questions. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you literally all day. So totally flipping the switch here, different topic. What is the, what is the last show that you binged on Netflix or what are you watching right now? It's really embarrassing. 
I've heard it all. Trust me. <laughs> While I've been here in New Mexico and probably in like a two day period, I binge watched a show called Virgin River. That one I have not heard of. It's it's basically a Hallmark movie in eight parts. And I just needed something that felt good. It's about a nurse that goes to a small town and like kind of reinvents her life. And I don't know. It was the right thing at the right time for me, but don't judge. I'm going to check it out. What are you reading? What am I reading? Well, I'm reading a lot of things. I'm in the middle of about three different books right now, but I've been reading for a while. Mm -hmm. Tribe of Mentors. Tribe of Mentors is the best advice from a hundred different people. It's like a few pages of advice from each person. So you can read it in real bite sizes, which is what I need functionally in my life right now, because I have very small windows. I have two small kids, a one and a half and a three and a half year old. And so if anybody else listening has has that age of children, you know that you have a hard time taking a shower or going to the bathroom by yourself. So, um, so I'm reading that, and then I'm reading a lot of books about racism and discrimination and how to be a better ally right now. Highly recommend that how to be an anti-racist. But there are a lot. There's so many great things coming out right now about this subject matter, and I just want to be an aggressive student in this area. So, so important. And finally, the last question is, you know, when things go back to relatively back to normal, you know, what, what is something that you want to do that you haven't been able to do since March? Hug people. I had some friends come through Taos where we're staying that I hadn't seen for a while and they had been totally quarantined and we had been totally quarantined and I got to hug them and you know, I almost started sobbing just in the moment because I don't know, human touch does so much for us. And I'm not, I wouldn't even describe myself. I work with Jess, who wrote you that note, is a hugger. And she always says, I'm a hugger. And I would never say that about myself, but I miss hugs. So that's something. And then also my husband's family lives in Maine and all the family and cousins are there right now. And we usually get to go up in the summer and see everyone and it's a 36 hour drive from Houston so we just couldn't make it so I really I, I want to be in Maine and, and see the family and I, I can relate on many levels so well I'm glad you're out there in the mountains and at least you're getting some air and enjoy the last couple weeks of summer and I'm again so excited that you're going to be in the book and we'll have to you know, the next time you plan in some and have goodie bags for uh, your employees, we'll have to give everybody a rituals roadmap book. Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. It's been so great talking to you and just being able to reflect on all of these things and really to think about how we can be better and do more in this category, because it's so important to people. And that's what's that's what's most important to me in this country. Yeah. Well, I learned so much from you and I know our listeners will as well. So thank you again. Stay safe. And hopefully the next time I see you, it will be in person. Yes, I would love that. I'd love All that. Right. Take care. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866, or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.